Call by name, takes a seat. All right, we are, uh, we are on our journey. Remember, we're on our uh, journey moving towards uh, Easter celebration, but more importantly, uh, we're on our journey and looking at our kazone, looking at our vision in terms of what's the vision, what's the purpose God has uh, for our lives. And each week we've been looking at that vision and thinking about some of the fundamental things that need to be in place in our life uh, for us to be able to move forward, for us to accomplish that incredible uh, purpose that God has for us uh, in our lives. So uh, we started out with the old binoculars over there, remembering that God has a vision for us and he can see farther than we can and, and knows what our life can, uh, can become. And remember we talked about my boots and said, hey, we need that foundational relationship with Christ, right? And then uh, last week we talked about my wonderful little GPS walkie-talkie deal that I take on my journey, and that helps me uh, uh, not only know where I am, but helps me know where everybody else is, right? And, and I need to be connected uh, with other people. Well, today we're keeping on our journey, and, uh, you know, we're adding this. You never take a journey of any distance, right, of any challenge without having one of these along on the journey, right? You need to have your water bottle when you make the journey, right? Otherwise, what happens? You make the journey, you don't have your water bottle, and uh, as you keep going, eventually you get to that place where you get tired, you get exhausted, and you start saying what? Water! <laughs> right? Water, place! Right? You just, why? Because your body just needs to be nourished. It needs to be replenished so that you can keep on the journey. It's just part of the way we're created. It's part of the way we're it. we are, right? So when you're on a long journey... You need to make sure you have your water bottle. And I've been here since early this morning, so... Uh, ah, good stuff. Jealous? Too bad. Mm. Yeah, see, nothing like it, right? You bet, absolutely. And we can't make the journey. We, we wouldn't be able, to be able to achieve the journey if we didn't have replenishing and nourishing of our bodies. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, really, is uh, talking about our bodies and trying to understand how important our physical self is to the journey, to the vision that God has for our life, right? That, that we just need to accept the basic principle that we can't achieve the vision, we can't achieve the journey and, and be what God wants us to be make an impact that God wants us to make if we don't have the foundational thing of taking care of, replenishing, and nourishing our bodies, right? Our bodies are the Lord's, and they're here for His purpose. He created us physically, as well as creating that vision for our life and that, that purpose to make a difference in the world for His kingdom. He equally created us physically, and we need to remember that. We need to remember we're here in our whole person for his purposes. The Apostle Paul reminds us of that in 1 Corinthians 6. He starts out saying, you surely know. Now, whenever you hear that phrase, you realize that's like a polite way of saying you ought to know this, but you don't, right? I mean, surely, surely you know, right? That's just the polite way we say, hey, you ought to know this, but it's obvious you don't know this, right? Well, if we're honest with ourselves today, there is a stark reality in our culture that we ought to know this. We ought to know 
the importance of our bodies, right? But it's obvious, if we look at our culture across the board, that even though we ought to know it, we really don't. The proof is in the statistics, right? If we look at the current statistics, more than 60% of, of our American population is overweight. 30% of adults age 20 and older are considered obese. The percentage of obese children from ages 6 to 19 has tripled since 1980. There are now at least 16% or 9 million kids who fit into that obese category. Now, surely we ought to know it, but apparently we don't. And that's why we have to talk about it this morning. That's why it's important for us as the people of God to be first to understand this principle of how important our bodies are because God created us to make a difference. He makes it exceedingly clear to us how important our bodies are in this text. Now, we ought to know it, but just so we get it, you surely know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. How important is our body? Oh, it's important. Why? Because it's the temple within which, within which the Holy Spirit lives. Now, if you go into the Old Testament and you start looking at, at the temple and looking at the places where God was present, so like when the people of God were wandering in the wilderness, God came to them and said, now I want you to build a tabernacle because that's where I'm going to reside. If you go back in the Old Testament and you start reading those sections about the tabernacle, God gave great detail into every corner of what the tabernacle was supposed to look like. And it was awesome. I mean, this was like your motorhome on steroids kind of place, okay? It was awesome. And then when they get to, to be the people of God in the promised land, and God says to David and ultimately Solomon, now we're going to build a temple in Jerusalem, God gives specific directions on what that temple is supposed to look like. And that temple was absolutely incredible. It was awesome. What does it tell us? God is very concerned about the detail and the makeup of the place he lives, the place he's present. That means he is very concerned about our bodies. He, he has an idea. He has a concept. He has a per perception of what our bodies need to be in order to achieve the purpose that he has for us in our lives, to, to achieve our kazone, right? He says, the spirit is in you and is a gift from God. You're no longer your own. God paid a great price for you, so use your body for what purpose? To honor God. Do you get that? Not only is our body the temple, and God cares deeply about where he resides, but we don't own our bodies. They're on loan. We don't own them. I mean, we know this. We surely ought to know this, remember, that God owns absolutely everything. He owns all of creation, and he owns our bodies, and we are simply the managers of our physical being. We're the managers. And the text says, listen, you're supposed to manage the temple. You're supposed to manage the temple in a way that is God-honoring for God's purposes. That's why we got them. We're part of God's creation, and he's created us not only for a purpose, but he creates a body 
for us to be able to nourish, manage, and strengthen to achieve the purpose. And if we don't do that, then we don't have the body God wants us to have, and we don't have the stamina and the strength for us to be able to achieve what God wants us to achieve in our kazone. God takes this really seriously. You look at 2 Corinthians, it says, After all, Christ will judge each of us for the good or the bad that we do while living where? In these... You see it? He takes seriously not only what we do or what we don't do, but He takes seriously what we do or what we don't do with our bodies. They're important to Him. There's temple. They're important to Him. They're, they're part of the foundation of us being able to do what He created us to do in our lives. And so He takes them absolutely serious. The Apostle Paul reminds us, he says, Dear friends, God is good. Of course He is. So I beg you to offer what? Your bodies. See it? Offer your bodies to Him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. Now, now we know in the text that it's talking about offering all that we are, right? Offering all that we are. But notice that includes our bodies. That, that when we say we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ, it means we don't just surrender our spiritual selves, but we surrender all that we are. We, we surrender even our bodies. We, we give our bodies totally to the purpose of God, what God wants to achieve uh, in our lives. Our bodies are important because they're here for us to be able to do exactly what God wants us to do in making a difference in this world. Now, as we look at our bodies, we need to understand then that our bodies, therefore, are part of the created order that God created, and they're subject to the order of creation, right? We're part of creation, that God created us, molded us, fashioned us, and so our bodies are part of creation, and they're subject to the order of creation. We can see it in uh, Genesis. If you uh, look at it, it says, The Lord God put the man in the Garden of Eden to take care of it and to look after it. Look at 16. But the Lord told him, You may eat fruit from any tree in the garden. So what happened? He creates him. He puts him in the garden. He says, Now eat. Here's what you're supposed to eat. See, there's a reciprocal relationship between us in our created being and the purpose God wants to achieve with us and the rest of creation that God has created foods for us to eat. That part of his created order is this reciprocal relationship. He's created our bodies and he's created them for a purpose. And then he's created other parts of creation to be able to nourish our bodies. So there is food that we should be consuming that's going to help us be refreshed and nourished and strengthened to do exactly what he wants us to do. The best place I can take you to help you understand that is in Daniel 1. Now, we don't have time this morning to go through everything, so I'm going to do a quick paraphrase here. But go read the story when you get home, okay? Daniel 1. It's an incredible story. So what happens is, uh, you know, J Jerusalem falls. People of God are taking off into, off into exile. Daniel's one of those that are taken into exile. And you notice up here uh, in verse 4 it says, The king said, these people that are taken into exile, he says, The king said they must be healthy, handsome, smart, wise, educated, and fit to serve in the royal palace. By the way, that's the exact list I gave my daughter in looking for a prospective husband. She found one, but that's the list, right? All good stuff. 
Okay? Um, so what's happening? He set up a criteria and he says, now this is what we're looking for. Okay? Go find these guys. And then notice he says, teach them how to speak right in our language. And then verse 5, and give them the same food and wine that I am served. So what's the king want to do? He wants to find, find these guys who have these great qualifications. He's taking them into exile. He wants to train them up. And he wants them to eat the same foods that he eats on his table. Notice that. He wants them, that's what he wants them to eat. Okay? Daniel is one of those folks that's taken away. Notice in verse 8 it says, Daniel, one of God's people, made up his mind to eat and drink only what God had approved for his people to eat. What's the problem? King says, I want you guys to be smart and wonderful and great, so you're going to eat the same food I eat. Daniel says what? No, I'm a person who is created by God. My body belongs to him, and I'm going to eat the food that God wants me to eat. See the difference? Okay, I'm going to eat the food. Daniel understands the principle that God has foods in his created order that are there for us to be strengthened and nourished so we can be everything that God wants us uh, God wants us to be. There's some battling back and forth about being able to get these foods. Finally, a guard gives in to Daniel and says, fine, you can have these foods. Look at verse 12. It says, for the next 10 days, let us only have vegetables and water at mealtime. When the 10 days are up, compare how we look with the other young man and decide what to do with us. So Daniel puts down the chance. Just listen. Just give me 10 days. Let me for 10 days eat the stuff that God wants me to eat. And at the end, you evaluate and see. Okay? So, 15. 10 days later, Daniel and his friends looked healthier and better than the young men who had been served food from the royal palace. What's the distinction? Daniel was eating the foods that God's creation provided for him to eat, and the other guys were eating what? The stuff at the king's table. Here's the distinction. We know there are a lot of foods out there that come from the king's table, and they're just not good for us. And they don't help us in maintaining a healthy body to be the person God wants us to be. And we have to discipline ourselves and encourage ourselves to eat the way God wants us to eat so we can be as healthy as we can be to accomplish our cuisine, to accomplish that purpose. And the temptation for us is to eat over here at the king's table, right? To eat at the king's table. And notice the outcome. When they ate the foods God wanted them to eat, they were healthier than the people that ate at the king's table. And look at Daniel in 17. It says, God made the four young men smart and wise. They read a lot of books, and they became well-educated. And Daniel could also tell the meaning of dreams and visions. What happened when they started taking care of their bodies and eating the way God wanted them to eat? They were able to get in groove with their kazone, weren't they? Their purpose, their vision, what God wanted them to be, what God wanted them to do. Do you see how important this is for us? Because quite frankly, too many of us are eating at the king's table. Too many of us are eating at the king's table. 1 Corinthians 6 says, you also, you also say food is meant for our bodies and our bodies are meant for food. But I tell you that God will destroy them both. We're not supposed to do indecent things with our bodies. 
We're to use them for the Lord who is in charge of, the, of our bodies. What are we supposed to use our bodies for? The Lord, right? You see, you see the importance of not eating at the king's table and instead getting our bodies in a right place? Because we get them in a right place where God wants them to be. Our bodies can become a foundational strength for us to be able to accomplish whatever it is God has in store for us in our vision. But the temptation is to eat at the king's table. Now, is this easy? No, it's not easy. It's not easy. I give you that, okay? This isn't easy stuff we're talking about, right? But I want to tell you that God has the power to shape your body into what he wants it to be, right? And, and we're not promoting this morning and some kind of model body, right? We're not, not promoting some kind of, you know, uh, runway model looking body, right? No, we're saying, listen, you just need to get healthy. You need to get your body healthy in the place that God wants it to be, right? in the way God created you to be strong and healthy. And to do that, we need to rely on his power and his strength to be able to accomplish it. Second Corinthians says, we are like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. This verse explains to us why diets don't work. You know what happens when you use the fad diets that are out there in the world? Right? You use the diets, you do the diets, you lose some weight, you get off the diet, and what happens? Boop, 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 boop. Right? You're right back where you started, and you've added a few pounds. Why does that happen? Because all the diets tell you, you can do this. You've got the strength. You've got the power. You can do this. And guess what? You can't. You can't. You can't sustain it. Why? You need a power that lives in you. You need a power that's greater than you are. You need a power that can overcome your appetite. You need a power that can keep calling you and strengthening you to say, listen, I'm going to be the body that God wants me to be because I know there's something more important in my life than what's at the king's table. I mean, the reality is we can't do it. We know it. Look at Matthew 26, the very end, it says, The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And you know what? Especially at the dessert table. Amen? Especially at the dessert table. Man, you go to the dessert table, it's like, the spirit's willing, but wow, chocolate. And the flesh is weak. The only thing that's going to draw us away from the king's table is understanding God's got so much more for us to do and a body that's so much better if we just stay in the place He wants us to be in the foods He created us to eat, right? It's not easy, it's hard, but it's totally worth it. Galatians 5 says, God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled, awesome list. There is no law against behaving in these ways. Good. And because we belong to Christ, that's where we started today, right? Because we belong to Christ, we have killed our selfish feelings and desire. God's Spirit has given us life, and so we should follow the Spirit. You see, here's the deeper issue. There's some of us, there's some of us who are struggling with powerful addictions in our life. Some of us are struggling with powerful addictions to cigarettes, to alcohol, to drugs, to food. 
And we need the, need the power of God to defeat those addictions. You see, the only way we can get where we need to be, because it's where God wants us to be, is when we utterly and absolutely surrender everything that we are, including our bodies, including our appetites, and we just say, God, you are now in charge. You're in charge. When we can rely on the strength of that spirit that God says lives within us, then we can get our life in the right place. That's, that's what we do at Christ Church, right? We, we take people who are far away of God or, or people who don't have their life in the right place and we help them move to that place that God wants them to be so they can get their life on purpose, so they can do that incredible thing, that vision that God wants to achieve in their lives. And it takes God's doing. We know this. We said right away, we said we were bro- broken jars, right? Broken clay. If you look at Isaiah 64, it says, You, Lord, are our Father. We are nothing but clay, but what? But you are the potter who molded us. See, we can do this, not because of ourselves. We can do it because God is ready to mold us and shape us into the appetites and into the eating patterns that make us healthy and and give us the strength and the energy to be the person God wants us to be. We can do this because God can do this in us and through us. On uh, Ash Wednesday, uh, Jill and I for Lent, we made a a commitment that we were going to do a 10-day cleanse, right? So we did a a 10-day cleanse, and uh, it was a great experience just getting rid of all the toxins and all the junk, you know. We did a 10-day cleanse, and uh, in 10 days, give you how it works, 10 days, I lost 10 pounds. Now, one of our doctors said, excuse the French here, but one of our doctors said, man, you must have been full of crap. But I don't know. But I lost 10 pounds in 10 days. Why? I stopped eating at the king's table. I stopped eating at the king's table. And now I feel so much better. I I don't have a desire for that stuff anymore. I really don't. I'm more concerned about eating healthier and eating better. And I just don't have the desire for the king's table anymore like I used to have. You see, this is the deal. I feel in a better place right now physically to be able to accomplish what God wants me to do with my life. And I know i got to be in that place if I'm going to achieve my kazon, if I'm going to be the person that God wants wants me to be. Is it easy? No, it's hard work. Man, that 10 days was long 10 days. If you look at 1 Corinthians, it says, you know that many runners enter a race, only one of them wins the prize, so run to win. Now look at 25. Athletes do what? Work hard. They work hard to win a crown that cannot last, but we do it for a crown that will last forever. It's hard work. Of course it's hard work. But it's a work that God joins us in. And it's a work that puts us in a place where we make an impact for the kingdom of heaven and make an eternal difference with our lives. And it means we have to start with making sure that we stay on track in being the kind of body that God wants us to be. Proverbs 23 just kind of gives us a, just an obvious kind of teaching on the whole thing. It says, when you're invited to eat with the king... Use your best manners. Don't go and stuff yourself. That would be just like the same as cutting your throat. Don't be greedy for all that fancy food. 
it may not be so tasty, and it isn't. When we eat at the king's table, it just gets our bodies in that place that God can't use them like he wants. And so we just need to rely on that strength to be able to become the person God wants us to be. Now, I'm not promoting today and saying somehow there is a model body that we ought, ought to be, right? No, and I'm not saying we've got to just be consumed with body worship. Not at all, right? Not at all. I'm just saying, think about, are you in the place right now? Ask the question, are you physically, is your body in the place right now that God wants you to be? Are you in, in, in companionship with where he wants your body to be so you can achieve the vision he's got for your life? And if the answer is no, then he is ready to come alongside you and live in you and empower you to be the person he wants you to be physically. Right? Physically. It says, our bodies are like tents that we'll live in on this earth, but when the tents are destroyed, we know that God will give us a place to live, right? It's not about worshiping our bodies. It's about just being able to physically do what God wants us to do. Why is it ultimately important? It's not important just for us. Getting this principle down isn't important just for us. It's equally important because our bodies become part of our witness. They become part of our witness. People look at us, and when they look at us, they don't only see what we do, but they see us physically. And so it's part of our witness. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says, When you eat or drink, that's a body thing, right? When you eat or drink or do anything else, always do it to honor God. See, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is our bodies belong to God. And, and we need to manage them in a way that brings glory to Him by accomplishing the vision, the chazon He has for our life. And it's hard work. It's hard work. But when we surrender and we give him control, he will infuse us with the power to be the person he wants us to be. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we are on the journey and uh, we want to make sure that we are the best equipped we can be to make this incredible difference for your kingdom. And so today we, we just look at our physical self and we ask, give us the eyes to see, help us to be honest with ourselves. And if we're struggling with those addictions, just infuse us with a strength and a power to push away from the king's table. And instead, just to take, take into ourselves those foods you want us to have, to be strong and healthy, and to be able to be the people who make a difference because we have the physical stamina to do it. Lord, we come to you today. We know there's people under attack in their bodies. We know there's folks who are just challenged by sickness and uh, and that's all the work of the evil one. Uh, and, and we know that we have to face those kind of challenges. But we ask for your spirit to be there, to bring healing, health, and wholeness. And, Father, we know ultimately everything that we do is a witness to you. It's a witness as other people, wa people watch us. And so we pray, let us make such a great witness, even in our physical self. We ask it through Jesus.